welcome to WRL broadcast. My name is Kage. It's been a while. And uh, we have Doombox today. Yes, indeed. A while it has been. What was the last uh, thing we talked about? Raids? Like, uh, yeah, I think so. It was probably raids about a month or two ago. Damn, we are slacking with the content creation. Hey, don't look at me, man. I just don't get invited to things anymore. I don't get invited either. I just, uh, I don't even have a laptop anymore. Oof. Yeah. Well, my little sister needed a laptop, so, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But we're here. We're now. It's time to talk about those uh, characters, that uh, shaky month that we've had. It was a buggy month, so we were kind of hesitant to uh, release an episode because it's like, well, do we talk about this character that's kind of buggy and we don't know the full potential of their kit? Exactly, because it's like, sure, we could release a thing on like Enchantress or Harley Quinn, but everything we would tell you would be more or less useless information at this point. Yeah, but February is almost over and we might as well talk about the characters, so... Um, first up tonight is Enchantress, and and uh, she got a pretty fat rework. I actually say I kind of like the rework. How about you, Doom? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's one of those things that we really don't have in the game yet, being a character that is reactively healing, I guess would be the way to put it. And, of course, beyond that, her other attributes are looking pretty meaty as well. Like, she's a character that you definitely don't mind having along for a fight, I think. Yeah. Um, the leadership, I think, is pretty underrated. I think it does um, kind of fight that speed meta we have with Black Flash and Martian Manhunter, wouldn't you say? Um, I would say a little bit, yeah. So the thing that a lot of people aren't considering when they look at the kit is, of course, they look at it and they think, oh, well, it's not Martian Manhunter and it's not Cheetah and it's not Lex, so why should I use it? But the value of a turn zero damage immunity mixed with the fact that, you know, you have that effectiveness of, well, if they don't bring a purger, then no amount of speed is going to help them. And you have yourself a recipe for a very, very strong character to not turn the tide of battle, but at least get you out of the door. Yeah, so I think we are not necessarily looking for a leader, but more so characters that can just sustain that first two or three turns that um, Black Flash is buying his team, right? And so he's gonna be stacking those speed ups so you got to be careful and make sure he's you know not not doing his thing so enchantress you know with the passive healing abilities um and the term meter no she doesn't get the term meter. she only gets the term meter for herself but she gets the damage immunity and mm -hmm. i think um she also reflects um debuff specs so black flash dooms your team well guess what? You just put Doom back on his team. Exactly. Plus, on top of that, because of the priority system and the order of operations, her heal comes last in any given sequence. So if you have, like, Harley Quinn throwing in rages on everyone, or Eclipso throwing in rages on everyone, 
She triggers after that, guaranteeing that you're going to throw those back on her team. Now, of course, you have to keep in mind also, though, if you're fighting an enchantress, that offense goes before defense, so she will just bump them right back. But uh, I'm not sure how often that's going to really be a problem. So something to consider all the same. That being said, let's go over her kit real quick. I have her abilities pulled up. Um, her basic is special damage to an enemy, uh, 75% chance to apply silence, the legendary being uh, 75% chance to use her reverse of vitality. Um, her second move is uh, verse of vitality itself, and it's actually a medium heal to all allies, 75% chance to apply damage immunity to all allies. And then you move debuffs from each ally to random enemies. So both of these moves in conjunction, she's constantly healing her team, constantly giving uh, damage immunity, and constantly giving um, uh, reflecting debuffs. And I think it's a pretty lethal combo, wouldn't you say? It could be. Now, keeping in mind, as we said before, these characters aren't exactly in fully working order. We do believe that her healing scaling is slightly off, so she should be healing for roughly two to three times more. But even with a little bit she is healing, it's becoming quite a nuisance for a lot of people. I mean, you basically have this character that's going into the match, throwing damage immunity on everything. Every time she basics, damage immunity. Every time she decides to do her heal, damage immunity. And then if you have debuffs on her, she's just flinging them off like crazy. You can't keep her down. It's just... It's how I can say... Uh, like Mr. Miracle, right? Of course, we just saw the reworks and all that stuff. His kit is based around more or less the same concept, but a bit more uh, passively, I guess we'll say. And that could be pretty dangerous. And Jadis' kit is essentially what his kit was before, but better. So, uh, I do want to... I do want to add this, that even if she... Even her, if her healing is off the scale a bit, um, she's still pretty potent because imagine having um, a Lex, you know, you know how Lex teams overheal like crazy, right? So oh, yeah. imagine if it was Lex on top of damaging me. It'd be pretty broken, pretty annoying. Um, she'd be the meta leader tomorrow if that were the case. So I don't know entirely about that, but. Assuming based on the numbers that were the case, I feel like she would definitely be someone that people would consider a lot more highly, I'll say. I'm not sure if she would take out the big three, but I'm pretty sure that she would be a character that when you see her in a fight, you say, okay, I need to plan around this. Right. Um, her third move is her AoE, which is this mystical maelstrom, and it's special damage to all enemies. Three strength downs and three int downs to all enemies. And 75% chance to use uh, her AoE whenever she's healed. So if Enchantress, say, uses her two on herself, or you bring Raven or Zatanna, Swamp Thing, to heal her, um, she's blasting off that AoE a lot. And that AoE actually hits pretty hard from what I've seen. Oh, yeah. And also consider that if you pair her with someone like, say, Star Sapphire, you can more or less double down on that effect, because Star is also bringing a 3-inch, three 3-strength three down AoE. 
Um, yeah, that's pretty brutal. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, the move itself does a good, healthy chunk of damage, certainly. And it is something that you're going to be getting often enough that it is something to consider. I wouldn't say it's something defining her kit, but it's more like when it happens, you're happy to see it. Yeah. And um, her fourth bit, her passive one, is Speak Enchantress, 90% chance to gain a light overheal whenever an ally is healed. Um, gain 15% turn meter. Now, what do you think of this, Doom? Because I haven't really seen her passive proc too much um well again it's one of those things that like you're not going to be able to feasibly build a heal focused comp nowadays but it's decent enough with the improvements to her base speed and everything it's definitely a noticeable amount of meter but at the same time chances are if you're proccing it enough to be meaningful you've probably already won the match it's not a bad take. Um, she she is pretty slow, so 15% meter isn't doing a whole lot for her. Yeah, that's true. Although she's not as slow as she used to be, so. True. Um, and then her final passive is Shadow Pack Defender. It's actually her leader. Every time a teammate receives damage, 75% chance to apply a medium overheal on that teammate and use Versa Vitality at the start of battle. And that's where, um, at the beginning of the match, she's able to reflect Harley's enrages and everything. Yeah. Plus, with the obviously, the damage immunity is handy. But if they fix her scaling, because we believe that this is also maybe not scaled properly then you might see an instance where you're struggling to kill her team because her debuffs are preventing you from doing more damage than she's healing back. Um, of course, hopefully they fix the scaling on that and we actually get to see that, but even worst case scenario, assuming that it's not busted and it's just kind of low, it's still an interesting thing to think about that, like, take, for example, Black Flash. His AoE will hit you for roughly, what, 8, 10k on positive affinity, somewhere in there if it doesn't crit. Yeah. Now, imagine if that move did only 4k. Like, we're talking Mr. Miracle Blue Beetle damage. All of a sudden, that move's a lot less threatening, and you get a lot more time to react to it. And that's essentially what this gives you. Now, mind you, it's not obviously a perfect solution, because, well, you know, you're still taking damage, and crits are still a thing, and that is still going to one-shot you. But, in the instance that you can prevent a one-shot somehow, then you're looking at moves that are suddenly doing half as much damage, or not even that much. And that could become a rather daunting thing to fight against. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I also want to say, I also want to say that, um, I really don't think it's a huge deal, really, that um, her heels aren't, you know, scaling as much as they should. Because if you were fighting Siege with the available bonus characters, um, you'd know that getting those, uh, uh, getting rid of those uh, damage immunities every time Enchantress healed her own team was 
already a pain enough of a pain in the ass like why would you or at least you know why um why would you want to fight 12k in overheels on top of the damage immunity it uh i feel like it would just be really silly to uh go after you know yeah though at the same time you also have to consider that a 12k in overheel is not going to matter if the character's dead so there is still <laughs> plenty of merit to going into a fight and you know, just not bringing it. But for characters like Impulse and Black Flash, who just naturally don't do much damage outside of crits, it's definitely an answer that they would have to start considering. Because it's like, okay, well, if I don't crit this person, then all of a sudden they're just gaining back more health than I'm dealing to them. And it's also interesting to consider this in the idea of things like shields, for example. Because shield damage is still damage. So you're basically trading a shield buffer for a health buffer underneath it, which makes people like Arcus and Asriel especially threatening in those cases. Because then you're not just fighting a character that you have to get through the shield of. You're fighting a character who, once you break that shield, well, all of a sudden they've got about half of that back as health. And I don't think enough people consider that factor of it, that you're walking into a fight and these defensive characters with these already existing buffers are just getting more buffers underneath but of course we'll see how these things go you know if they fix the scaling fantastic if they say the scaling's fine that's not too bad i would rather it be higher but again as you said no one's really going to want to punch into a 12k lex overheal every single time so well what would concern me is that this would just create like an arms race you know for um for let's say uh the damage like people are constantly uh looking for the next character that's going to do a million you know a million damage in uh, in damage you see what i'm saying yeah i i'm thinking i don't know i don't think it would create an arms race because it's kind of where we're already at but i think what it would do is it would shift the focus from one thing to another so if like, let's say Black Flash and Impulse and them are suddenly not viable as options because they just don't deal enough damage to get past the Enchantress, well, then you do have to bring your team and focus specifically on burst damage and also bringing Purge so you can get through the damage immunity and also bringing heal immunity so you can prevent other things. And it's one of those things that it's like, is it necessarily a bad thing that we're considering options that will just kind of narrow the scope of teams that you would be able to bring to it because i think that would be an interesting factor that we don't currently have right now you could just run the same team in every fight and be perfectly fine but if you fight an enchantress team maybe it should be like a puzzle where you think to yourself well i can't bring everything so what can i do and that might make characters like red robin who has recently kind of fallen out of the limelight or cag come into play where it's like well these characters can do a lot of different things and that's what i need is these characters that can do a lot of stuff at once because i don't need them to do things that they're specifically good at i just need them to do things you know what i mean i can see that argument um and i think this would uh be over speculating because at the end of the day people uh look for high damage quick matches anyway but yeah it is it is something different uh something interesting to theory craft around 
certainly. Um, so let's see. As far as Enchantress goes, uh, what are your thoughts in terms of her placement in the game at large? Because, I mean, we, it's been confirmed more or less that she is bugged, but even if we bring her healing up, is she really ever going to be a factor? I mean, you kind of have that owl input here, so what do you think? I think she it would kind of shift the dynamics a bit, because people, if she were healing for a lot more than she currently is, um, I think this game's going to get pretty silly. Um, you know? Where Lex was the dominant green leader because he could heal and carry your teams, um, Enchantress might be the next uh, the next uh, leader, and she would serve pretty uh, uh, as a pretty good countermeasure to Darkseid, who has potential to be a very interesting blue leader himself. Now that kind of raises the question: Was Lex superior because of his healing? Or was it because of his acceleration? Because one could argue that if Lex healed for, like, let's say, a third as much but kept the same meter gain, you would still use him just because he allows your team to ramp out of control. I mean, by the second move, by the second buffing move, you're basically capped on health anyways. You know, sure, it makes your team more difficult to kill, but nine times out of ten, when the Lex teams were dominant... The enemy team was down two or three people by the time they got their first turn. Mm -hmm. So, like, is is it really the heels that made the man? I'm not so sure personally. Um, I think it does because if you don't play with any sort of finesse, you would bring a character who or bring a team that just heals itself into infinity. Versus an evasion team because evasion theme teams are threatening because of the retaliations and the crit immunity and how you can never touch them. Well, if you can um, just find a way to, uh, if you can find a way to um, get Outs around uh, get around the evasion by just making them fall off, well, then you know then it becomes a non-factor really. Yeah, I agree with that. I bring Lex to fight Cassandra Kane because. There's literally nothing she can do. Nothing she does does enough damage to beat out what Lex provides to his team. Right. So you, you definitely might have a point there. Though, at the same time, none of the other healing characters are viable characters for their healing. So to some extent, you'd think that if that were the case, we would see more healers. But the reality of the situation is even Star Sapphire, you bring her for the damage and the buff immunity you don't bring it for the healing so it, it might be lex is just a fringe case but i feel like the reality of the situation doesn't match up with the narrative on that one but of course that's something we could discuss uh at a later point because for now when it comes to enchantress uh, for the most part we've covered all the bases i mean we look at the character and until they fix her, we can't really give a definitive idea of her power level. We can just speculate as best we can. Because if they fix her, but she's only healing for 5k instead of 3k, then the needle's not going to move much. But if she's suddenly healing for 8k, then we have a big conversation on our hands. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and propose that perhaps we put a needle in this one. 
We wait till the fixes are done, and then perhaps we revisit her on a later episode. You know, maybe like a little uh, a look back, a roundup type deal. Once everyone's yep. fixed and all the bugs are done, we can go back and give them a peek and say, you know what? This character, we didn't think of him much, but now looking at him, that's some craziness. Now, do you think, uh, and uh, we just did the tier list today, and we moved Medfield up to a, an A character instead of a uh, a B character. Whoa. Yeah. What? Um, really? Yeah. Well, we consider Black Flash and Shiva additions um, to really pronounce, oh, also Impulse. Uh, yeah. Those three characters really pronounces, uh, pronounce uh, Medfield's abilities. So I think... I think uh, Medfield deserves uh, the spotlight, or at least some love uh, with the player base at large. And I have seen some good Medfield League teams that, uh, you know, while he's not exci- as exciting as Lex, he does offer different things that are very interesting. Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, that being said, do you think Enchantress is about on par with Medfield or maybe a little bit lower? In her current state, I would say slightly lower. Just okay. because Medfield has the capability, at, which I've said this like a million times before, when I was like, why did you guys put him in B tier? Yeah, Medfield has the standalone capability of just removing someone from a fight. Like, it's not even a question of what type of damage they do. He'll hit them with the lights, and that character just becomes a non-factor. Because they're just not moving from then onwards. So, she doesn't really have that power. But if they fix her and her heels get way up there, I think she could definitely be on par. Because at that point, she's making low damage characters a non-factor in the same way Medfield makes generally anyone without debuff immunity a non-factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, you know, speaking of Shiva, interesting segue. Should we go ahead and go over her kit real quick? Yeah, I'll uh, have hate mail time, time mark the 22-minute uh, mark to... Um, Split the episode or whatever he wants to do. But yeah, let's talk about Shiva. Have you played with her yet? Oh, I was thinking we'd just make this all one. Like a super episode. Um, yeah, I've played a little bit with her, actually. Uh, of course, I had her set up for the raids that are coming up, which got delayed, obviously. Uh, but, you know, I'm happy they're delaying it. Better they get it working right than delay another buggy. Or uh, put out another buggy mess. Um, now, I don't see the same problem everyone else does. Which is? I understand where it's coming from, though. Like the whole, oh, well, Shiva's broken because she just goes before everybody and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, Batwoman already did that, and she's not broken, so. Yeah. But I, think... I, I guess it's the awareness thing also because everyone's running Martian, so it's like, you know. I think I think the bigger thing to talk about with her is that her move, her two... If you can get that kill, is nonstop, you know, just that's her whole game plan is use that too. Oh, yeah. That's one of those things that I actually really like about uh, her kit is the fact that it's got a lot of self synergy to the point where once she gets rolling, it's very, very, very challenging to realistically stop her. Because with a lot of these characters, like let's say Arcus or Cassandra Kane. They'll have their burst, and then there's that window where they're just junk characters. You could just slap them down real quick, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. Arcus. His comes before the burst that you could just slap them down. 
And then after the burst, the same thing with Cassandra. It's just whenever the evasion falls off, you hit her once and she's dead. With Shiva, though, because she keeps generating more protection for herself as she's ramping, it's a lot harder to just answer her right off the bat like a lot of other characters are able to do to a lot of other characters. So I think Shiva is dangerous, but at the same time, when you look at her kit, the biggest problem is, well, she's still stopped by taunts and a lot of the same characters that stop characters normally. So, like, what's she going to do against Akima? She's going to smack him, not do any crit because he's crit immune, get hit by a toxic spill for, like, 80% of her health, and that's it. Now, yeah, she does She does have her flaws, and that's, she lives and buys, she lives and dies by the crit, and I like those types of characters because they are uh, very front end, you know, heavy, where like in the back end, you're like, well, shit, after I run out of momentum, it's like, that's it. <laughs> that's my whole game plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I like those kind of characters. They kind of balance, it kind of like balances itself out. It's very offensive heavy. Um, that 35% meter works in her favor and also doesn't. So what I like about her is that, you know, Whoever suggested 35% meter at the start for her was a was a genius because you could answer Black Flash and March Manhunter and use your own leader. I've had a lot of fun these past couple of days with like using Emerald Archer, Metaphil, or Steppenwolf leads, and then just using Shiva, knocking out the Black Flash, and then gain meter for my team or put meter down on the other team, and then you know go from there. And I think Shiva. Um, her biggest strength is opening up more team combinations because of her abilities. Right. And, yeah, I, could, I, I would say that the person who suggested the turn meter at the beginning, a pretty smart guy, I, I would say so. I'll let the listeners wonder which one of us two it is that's gassing themselves up. But, <laughs> point, but point being, as much as people complain about, like, oh, we don't need more turn zero meter, in this case, I think it's a bit more acceptable because it's not like she has any kind of crazy gimmick about her that it's like, oh, she goes first, so she automatically wins. Like, she's still stopped by taunt. She's still stopped by crit immunity and all these other things. It's just she goes first the same way that Batwoman goes first, but she doesn't need a Martian. And yeah. that's kind of the key thing here, right? And I think that's what's getting people is they look at this character and they think, man, well, this character is crazy because when I fight her, all of a sudden my tactics stop being as uh, reliable as they were. Like we mentioned on the last one with Enchantress, people like to run the same team, you know? And so any character that shakes that up is going to be looked at as problematic. But, of course, uh, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves, I think. Let's go ahead and look at her kit real quick. Let's break it down and uh, give people an idea. Okay, let me pull up her abilities because I was just playing with her while we were uh, chatting. So, let me look at her kit real quick. Uh, Start us out. Her basic ability does some damage, gets some crit chance ups, right? And then the legendary, you get to purge some buffs off, 
Now, that is a good ability. That's four buffs taken off. People underestimate how few buffs characters tend to have at any given point. Like, you're smacking someone with that? That's taunt gone, plus death immunity, plus another couple things. You hit an Asriel with that, you're very liable to take off his true sight, his debuff immunity, the whole Monty, you know? Um, you, you hit Superman with that, you could strip those buffs away fast and he could put them on a lot of the time. You could also use it against Arcus. Or, yeah, where he uses his issue challenge on you. You just take off his death immunity and debuff immunity and he's wide open. Exactly. And it's even funnier because he does it to himself. He's like, ha I'm going to fight this red. Oh, there's awareness on it. Oh, God, where do my things that keep me alive go? And then you just <laughs> kill So, honestly, a very strong move. And I feel like a lot of people undersell it. They look at the crit, and they don't look at the purge. But that purge, mm, chef's kiss. That is some fine character kit crafting. Whoever yeah. thought of that is a genius. <laughs> Alright, her second ability And um, I wasn't sure about this ability before But uh, um, This one is a heavy damage To a single enemy and apply heal immunity If the enemy dies Resets the leper, re resets the cooldown of leper blow So Her entire game plan revolves around this If you can crit, it's game over If she doesn't crit Well Then she's kind of uh, I wouldn't say taken out of the game but it slows down her momentum certainly mm, I would say so and you also have to consider as well that like when we say heavy damage heavy damage is a very 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 wide scale so you can have a move with 200 scaling and that would be heavy damage but you can have a move with like 500 scaling and that would be heavy damage and she sits in a nice clean 300 so that's not going to make a lot of sense to a lot of people in terms of just in a vacuum. But to give you a frame of reference, if you consider the 75% bonus, it hits as hard as shielded Arcus's punch. Which, that should tell you something. That is pretty meaty. Oh yeah. And on top of that, the heal immunity ensures that if you're hitting someone, they're going to stay dead. So if you're slapping that Grundy for the last bits of his health, or if you get a hold on that Cersei, they're not coming back. And then her AoE is damage to all enemies and then gain 20% shield. And don't sleep on this ability. It's actually it's uh, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, the shield's not too exciting, given her health pool. But it's still extra protection that she doesn't have prior. Right. In addition to that, when we get to her passives, that AoE is going to matter a lot more because it's going to be something that can create some issues for a lot of characters. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, and then her, her passive is um, she gets to, every time she crits, um, she gets to... Uh, gain an awareness, right? No, that's her fifth ability. Mm -hmm. You have her. Let me see her for Dragon Path. Um, beginning of every Lady Shiva turn, seventy-five percent chance to gain two crit and two strength ups, and then she ignores awareness. So that's probably her best. That's probably one of the best passes I've seen in the game for a while. Oh yeah, 
That's that's definitely top tier passive right there. Just the last part of it, if you just put that as a passive for a character, that's already good. That's already game changing. But yeah. paired with the first part, oof, now that is some power. And then her final ability is that every time she uh, every time she crits, she gains a small overheal and two awareness, and then she gains thirty five percent meter up at the start of battle. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty saucy ability. Um, I think it fits her character. Um, I think she's Isn't supposed she to. Be What's that? Yeah, she Isn't gets she the immunity. Yeah, she gets the crit immunity. Now that 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 right there, that's what I'm also pretty excited about because we get a lot of these characters. Yeah, sure, they start out with some meter, but they die basically right after. The awareness plus that crit immunity is gonna make sure you're gonna get some mileage out of that kit. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. So, what are you what are you thinking so far um, as far as her tier tierless placement goes? So in terms of tierless placement, I personally see this character as a high A just because not only does she answer the current meta, but in addition to that, just that first go advantage, even on a singular character, opens up a lot of diversity in rosters. And then beyond that as well, just having the ability to remove, what is it, like half of S tier plus half of A tier right off the bat you know, you can't really argue with that kind of proficiency, with that kind of a efficiency, right. you know? And plus, on top of that, you have lots of characters that just pair really well with her. It's not like she's a hard slot, because mm-hmm. you can just throw her into any comp where you need a red and I need damage, and she fits the bill. So, looking at her, I definitely would say high A personally, but if someone argued, no, she belongs in S... I would probably agree with that too. Like I could see her being a character that just her presence is impactful enough to where you need to build around the fact that she's there, whether that's bringing Martian and B12 in order to counteract her meter game or what, like you got to bring enough to answer her or you have to bring something that can get in her way. And she does have shortcomings, obviously, she can't really do anything right off the bat if there's someone in her way. But depending on who it is, I mean, if it's a Donna Troy, she's kicking her in the face and knocking her out, you know? Yeah. So I, I do want to mention this. Um, she can solo Hal Jordan. She can solo uh, Lex. She can actually solo... Um, Arcus, she can actually solo a lot of greens. Um, yeah, I don't doubt it. When you get all those awareness built up, yeah, like if they can't kill those faster than you can hit them, then that's going to be an issue. Yeah, um, M4 was able to showcase her a lot. He's actually sold on her. He wants to make her. He actually made her RB five tonight, and the and you know he she's he he's declaring her S tier all the way. I want to be there, but I see pairings like Azrael and Clayface, Azrael and Power Girl, Azrael and um, Kimo, whatever you want to do. Uh, I find those taunters to be problematic in the in the meta, so it's hard for me to justify S for her. 
but she does a lot of things right. And I haven't seen a, a red this good since Azrael and, and Artemis. So she's, she's definitely up there. Um, it's hard for me to say, really. Uh, I feel like I still need to play with her um, to really give her a, a more accurate assessment. But she is definitely up there with them. Mm-hmm. And just to loop back to what I said before on her AOE, the fact that that also has the ignore awareness tag to it because of her passive creates issues even if there's a taunter in the way. So you can still have a chemo or a clayface or whoever in your path and then still get some very chunky damage over the top. And if you're fighting someone like Cersei, Wonder Girl even, I'm pretty sure at Rebirth 5, he can, or she can one-shot a Wonder Girl with her AoE crit mm-hmm. without much issue. So it, it's definitely something to re- remember that although a taunt in her way is a check, it's not a counter. I don't think any of these characters, bar Clayface maybe, are actual true counters to this character. I think they just check her and make her uh, AI a bit less lethal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, oh, that's the other thing, too. The AI is not very good at using Shiva. I mean, the AI is not really good at using anybody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> very true. But still, even then, the AI starts out with her AoE. That's still something you have to account for, mm-hmm. you know? And, of course, going back to our earlier one that we did, uh, Enchantress is actually a decent answer because all that meter and all that crit doesn't mean a thing if you're damage immune. True. So there's definitely options out there. But as far as Shiva goes, she's a strong character, probably one of the top contenders for a red. And she definitely changes the game in a way that's um, important because I feel like without her presence, I don't think that people would have an answer for Black Flash aside from Black Flash. But this opens up those doors where it's like, Okay, sure, there's a Black Flash, but if they're not running Martian plus B12 plus Black Flash, well, I can throw in a Shiva and be fine. Or even if they are, I can run B12 and Shiva and outrun all of that. Yeah. And even just having that angle where you can say, it doesn't matter if they're faster because I can be faster for one turn, there's a whole lot that you can do with just that. So. I definitely think that as a character, she's a character that's going to be around, impactful, but I don't think she's going to be a central focus of our balance efforts like, say, Black Flash and Martian on. Honestly, I'm actually looking forward to using Darkseid with her because Darkseid's leadership is, well, actually, no, um, you really can't proc his leadership turn one because he needs the five buffs, so... Um, unless you want to run something like Clayface or, yeah, Clayface in addition to Darkseid and Shiva. Um, I suppose, yeah, I suppose you could do that and then run like plus one character. And then, always right. Yeah. And then you can call assist someone and then out the gate, um, you know, people are criticizing like, oh, Darkseid's not going to be viable because he's never going to get a turn. Well, you sure about that? <laughs> um, Shiva can really answer a lot of these speed problems. So I, I think she's going to open up the game in a different way than most anticipate her. 
I actually want to promote her more so that people start using different leaders. And and I think we think we're going to see the game in a healthy place again. I hope so. Honestly, it was funny to me a little bit to see people running teams like Martian, B12, Black Flash, but they didn't run a Taunter. And I was like, of course you're having issues with Shiva. You have nothing in her way. Like, what's stopping her from just picking your characters off? And also, to the point of it, like, sure, you have these characters and all this meter, but again, there exist answers that are already in place for characters that are just giving out meter and all that stuff. So you have Shiva as a fallback, but it's not like she's going to become necessary. Yeah. Because if you run into Martian and B12 and Black Flash, you can answer that. But if you're not running into those, you don't feel like you have to bring her, but you still can. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you have to answer a thing. You could just bring her for the sake of bringing her. Yeah. Um, but, of course, you know, it's we've ranted, and well, mostly me, I've ranted a lot about this character. Um, so what do you think in terms of how she's looking for future content? Like, do you think she's still going to be a character in Next Siege? Do you think she's going to... Well, obviously, she's going to be good in raids, but do you think she's going to be a mainstay in raids? Like, as real Arcus in those? I don't I don't know about that because she doesn't stack she doesn't stack strength ups um, like Arcus would or Azrael would. She doesn't stack, you know, and Artemis stacks int buffs. So their ability to ramp excessively uh, makes them important raid characters. So I don't see Shiva as a raid character per se. But as far as PvP goes, I think she opens up uh, team or crit and meter comps, and I think she um, will be in a a threat in this coming siege because Donna Troy happens to be a bonus character, and guess what? <laughs> Donna Troy does not stand up to Shiva very well. Yeah, that's very true. And also, when we're looking at it, we've also got characters like Darkseid, like uh, Coda for example, who also probably are not going to appreciate getting punched in the face by Shiva. So, given how blue heavy, I would say that you're probably right. Next Siege might be a bit of a uh, a uh, red bloodbath yeah. for Miss Shiva. Yeah. But, you know, that kind of rounds out the cast on her. Honestly, I think we covered all the good bases. Um, real fast, what do you think Legendary Order is for her? I'm putting shield last, meter first, obviously. But in between that, do you have any preferences? I went for for the previous siege because I I knew crit immunity and death immunity or damage immunity was going to be a thing. Um, I went five one, but for general purpose, I would go five four because awareness is actually a lot more prevalent, and you want to counter that. And then I would go one one two and three. Mm, that's interesting. I personally would go five, four, two, one, but really? that's yeah, that's just because oh, I would the reset. But yeah. you got to also keep in mind the comps I run are basically based around taking turn after turn after turn after turn. Yeah. So her getting resets is just more viable for my personal strategy. In terms of general use, I would say one is probably still better than two. So I would agree yeah. with you. 
But for me personally, that too all the way. I'm that's that's the bread and butter. But I honestly think you would. This is the character you want to take to L five anyway. So. Well, L four, but yeah, L five probably. The the shield. I mean, I'll take the extra health because she's pretty fragile. Yeah, I guess, but I'm, you know, is it worth 100k essence? I don't know about that. If you're not planning to rebirth her, I don't think there's a point. Well, the rebirth actually just makes her too more reliable. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm aware. I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you don't have the fragments to yeah. rebirth her like that, I'd say you could probably save your essence for now. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Well... It's been a great casting with you. We should do this again, maybe in three months. Yeah. Or until hate mail threatens to fire us again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, fellas. Uh, hope you enjoyed and uh, have a good night. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is Renee Sylvia 88, DC Legends moderator. Thank you for listening to this episode of WROL Broadcast. If you liked the show, please check out patreon.com forward slash WROL broadcast and find out how to get cool perks. Did you hear? Kage is live streaming in the nude. So we'll have fun with covering the seas spreading. <laughs> <laughs>